Hello and welcome to the Mullet Over Podcast. Bum bum bum. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's very different. I don't know why. What is that I, from? I, well, I I had heard like some old like I don't know TV show or news thing. <laughs> that was what popped into my head. I recognize that from something. From the beginning of oh, our podcast, oh, we were goodness. like, we need some kind of a jingle. So I had done that once and. So now it's all the guests get just, serenaded by <laughs> the Richard Roll jingle of the week. One day we'll pay somebody to take all of them and make like an auto tune <laughs> song or something because uh, I'm sure it's good. All right. Well, we have a special guest today. Yes, you, we do. You want to go ahead and introduce? Yeah, it is a pleasure to have Joy. Joy Hosford. Is that the right way that to pronounce correct. it? Pretty sure I was going to get that right. And um, just mostly been Facebook friends, but have heard her story her testimony and um yeah i've done some of the things that that she was passionate about sharing at times that i i felt she has credibility um to share and to talk about some things that will probably hit during this podcast who knows it never know where we're gonna go but i was even just thinking about this introduction just for a second and i and i go she's a she's a champion she's an overcomer um we deal with people that have um, been um, overcomers of human trafficking, of satanic ritual abuse, of things of that nature, and um, and that's what I believe that they are. You know, to get here to be able to talk about what you've been through is incredible, and it is the kind of stuff we were just kind of chit chatting a little bit. We don't do too much of that beforehand because, like, we we try to save it all, but just about how. So many people have a hard time even believing the kind of stuff that you have experienced, endured, and gone through. And one of the things that um, – one of the reasons I reached out to you a couple of years ago is you were talking about Halloween mm-hmm. and on your Facebook. And, and I saw more Christian leaders putting down – I mean it wasn't a vast number, but putting down anybody who's like attacking Halloween like as hyper-religious. And I'm going, the few people I know that are saying anything have a really good reason to say something about it. Yeah. And and it has nothing to do with religion. Right. And and so I hadn't even thought about jumping in there. But that was, that was one of the times where I was now like I'm going, intrigued. I, I championed know. you like for, for speaking out. Mm-hmm. And and uh, and and was contrasting like and I I'd actually responded to someone who had posted that and I felt a very loving way I was like I was like not everybody who's responding to this is it about religion there are legitimate reasons I had said something like that and they responded like wow you're attacking me and I was like wow like no I'm like just I'm actually going there can be legitimate conversation around this. Yeah. And, and, and I was like, nothing that I, when I went back and I looked at what I said, I was like, there was nothing I was, I was going, because in my mind, I'm thinking about the joys. I'm thinking about people mm-hmm. who, who know that there's more of a reality to the satanic demonic world than most church going, most spiritual leaders. So, yeah. you know, I, I was, I was thinking about the people that had taken flack for talking about something that they have a good reason to talk about. So I don't know. Maybe, maybe this is where we jump in. Um, why would you have a heart for talking about Halloween? <laughs> because it's celebrating um, the enemy. Yeah. 
you're coming out and you're like celebrating all the things that the enemy glorifies like death and destruction and abusive types of scenarios. I mean, even though people don't think that's what it is and they think they're just having fun, you're celebrating witchcraft. You're celebrating this stuff that God says is he abhors that he hates. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we're told to expose the darkness. Yeah. And as believers, we should be able to have fun and let our children have fun in so many other ways. They can dress up anytime they want. They can get candy whenever they want. They can play with their friends, go to, you know, festival type things any other day. So there's a bunch of people right now probably already getting mad that are listening to this. But why is it that you even have a heart for any of that? So one, I want to say the reason people are getting mad is because it hits a stronghold. Mm. Mm -hmm. And that's why they get defensive. But my heart for it is because I have personally experienced that side, uh, the demonic realm and what um, and who Satan really is. He is not your friend. He is not something to play around with. Witchcraft isn't fun. It's not. um, It's definitely not something to play around with. And a lot of people today think that it's just a game. Yeah. That it, oh, it's just for fun. Yeah. We deal with a lot of people that have been through the kind of stuff that you've been through mm-hmm. and, and would love to have almost every one of them on here, even the ones that are getting ministry now, because I'm like, people need to know, like, and it's, it's happening all around us. So yeah. I, the reason I'm like, I want to get joy on here is she's, she's talking, she's ready. She's telling it's- some of her story. And, and I know at the same time, you have to be even thoughtful on what you share sure. about that. So uh, are we here? We want you to tell the whole story as much as you feel I, free to tell. So I would say <clears throat> the reason I'm talking and it's not easy. And I know for anybody who is out there listening, who isn't feels they're not ready yet. You're not going to be the first time I, d- I did it was we had um, an event called behind the scenes and we did it on Halloween. Mm-hmm. Um, and we did that to make it something to bring awareness And while it's difficult, and I've really only done this there, and then another podcast where I was interviewed, and today, um, it's difficult, but, you know, the scripture tells us, and to confess your sins one to another that you may be healed. And what I'd share, they're not my sins, but you could also be confessing the uh, the sins that others have perpetrated on you, Mm -hmm. that you may be healed. And um, I we really believe in our ministry and our deliverance ministry that like 75% of Satan's power is broken with confession and with mm-hmm. testimony mm-hmm. that when you, because what I guess the sin is, is when you're holding it all inside. Mm-hmm. While that's not like a sin that we think of. Yeah. Um, Jesus died. He took our sin, but he says he's faithful just to forgive you when you confess your sin. Right. But, and yeah. holding stuff in while yeah. we don't think of that as mm-hmm. maybe, um, it sounds like such a harsh word to say sin, but you're actually kind of sinning against yourself yeah, because you're keeping it in. And that's what the enemy wants you to do. So, um, I, I guess, um, as scary as it is, I'm passionate about helping people to, and to expose this. Mm. Cause like you said, it needs to be exposed. And I believe we are in a season of exposure. Yeah. Yeah. I, I definitely believe that there's so much like the Epstein stuff. And the wild thing is there's a lot that's coming to light. But few talk about the satanic component. Exactly. And and uh, the, yeah. the news no the news that. never talks about that component 
Um, but, but, but I mean, it, it was huge, like with Epstein. I, mean, I can say this and this might end up being deleted out, but that's probably because they're a big part of it. <laughs> you think. <laughs> yeah. The, and all of that stuff is being exposed. That, that's one of my biggest prayers. And that's one of the reasons I even feel like we need to do that on our podcast on a regular basis is exposed because the word occult means hidden. Yeah. And that's yeah. why, that's why it's nearly impossible to prove even the stuff that you're going to talk about and share. Mm-hmm. People ask you to prove it. You can't because it was done in secret. It was done in hiding. Yes. And then they do things to make you feel crazy. Yeah. Like as <clears throat> make you think oh, that cannot be. Yeah. There's no way that's not true. Yeah. Um. So yeah. Yeah. And uh, there was something you were saying there that I was going to touch on but i don't remember now well we'll give us a rundown of your story yeah i'm meeting you for the first time mm-hmm. so if you if i was like hi tell me your story what would you say sure um so i was born feel free to take your time too. like okay. just let it all out yeah <laughs> i was um when i was born my biological mother was um disabled and so she was in a wheelchair and while she was pregnant with me uh my biological father was arrested on the street for, for raping someone. Mm-hmm. Um, he says he didn't do it. How many people in prison? <laughs> yeah. in prison yeah, say yeah, they yeah. didn't do it. I don't know. Yeah. He, he suffers from bipolar and schizophrenia. So you don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyways, she was disabled and she's taking care of me and a half sister I had. And when I got to be about two, it was a little much. At that time, You're so I'm, I'm 49. I'll just go ahead and say I'm 49 <clears throat> years old. So in 1976, there wasn't a lot of help for disabled single mm-hmm. moms mm-hmm. like there would be today. Today, they'd probably send in a personal care person, somebody to help her to, so that she could keep me at home. They'd put me in school, you know, all kinds of stuff. But they didn't have that available. So she called up the Department of Children and Families and asked if she could put me in foster care. Because she didn't, her family chose not to take me in. My half sister went to live with her father and then I was put in foster care. And so that's how I ended up in foster care at about two. And, um, and I was there till I was four and a half or so. Really? Mm -hmm. You lasted two and a half years in in foster care as a two year old? See, everybody I know, that I ever hear is like when they're they always trying to adopt kids who are two and, and younger. So it may have been because she had it may have taken time to sever her parental rights, which okay. that's also an interesting thing because she just voluntarily put me there. She wasn't expe- she actually says she wasn't expecting um, me to be adopted. She wasn't expecting that to be permanent. Uh, so oh, so people little- didn't people were thought it was a risk that you could get taken from them, that kind of thing. A lot of people don't want to adopt kids who they feel like the parents could make a claim Maybe, at some point. I don't kind of know. Or there wasn't – her rights were not yet severed legally. Okay. So they could not place me for adoption. I don't know for sure. But that also that <clears throat> kind of tells me there's more to her story than she's told me because mm-hmm. you don't just sever parental rights because somebody's disabled. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I do know just through um, ministry that – there's some connection to everything that happened with me to my biological grandmother mm. Mm. somehow. Yeah. 
So, and I'm sure like, <clears throat> you knowing some of these stories, there's already little oh, red yeah. flags yeah, yeah, off yeah. in your mind yep. um, that my husband will say, but I just sort of, my attitude on things I don't know or don't understand. And I know I haven't even gotten to what happened in foster care. I just surrender him to the Lord. And if he wants me to know, he'll let me know. And if yeah. not, it's fine. I don't need to know I, at all. I hold that position very <laughs> fact, strongly when we I minister. I kind of like to tell him I don't want, I don't want to know at all. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the foster parents were like, if you're familiar with Amish and Mennonite, they were in that type of Anabaptist, mm-hmm. but they were Dunkards or German Baptist or mm-hmm. Old Order Brethren, all okay. kind of the same thing. And uh, so very strict, very uh, dressed, kind of like the Amish do, very conservative, <clears throat> hats, beards. I don't recall if they had mustaches or not. Kind of an interesting tall side <laughs> <out> there. <laughs> um, and then I remember going to church with them, but there was a lot of other things there. I don't, I would probably, I don't know if the church was part of, they were part of a satanic cult. So yes, they're part of this church, but they were involved in a lot of mess. Um, I don't know if the whole church was in, if that was like something the whole church was involved in or not. Um, I am aware that the Amish and Mennonite, uh, old order Mennonite background has a lot of this kind of mm-hmm. yes. stuff in it. Yeah. It's not the only denomination. Um, and it's interesting because a high percentage of people that experienced satanic ritual abuse and there was a connection to the church, like the people could have been leaders, children's leaders or something in the church. Um, there are times that there's memories of stuff happening in the church mm-hmm. and other times it's just the people wherever it happened. But it's it's a question, was it the whole church or not? Right. And. I tend to choose to want to give the benefit of the doubt to the churches because I've even known churches where people experience stuff, even in those churches. And I'm going like, okay, I, I, I'm going to believe that it wasn't everybody, mm-hmm. that, it, that it wasn't a church thing. Sure. But, but because part of the development of the satanic belief system is, is they want people to believe that yes. Satan is more powerful than God. Mm-hmm. And doing it in a religious environment is part of the deception, part of the lie. They're wanting to infiltrate. Yes, and they infiltrate churches a lot, which would freak a lot of people out. So uh, I, I say that as someone who delves with a lot of people, that, that your story is way more common mm-hmm. than most people want to imagine or mm-hmm. believe. Now, it also helps because if there's people that are listening that have experienced something like that, the biggest struggle is to separate out a Jesus that they know and love and and other things that happen in a religious environment, even at times a false Jesus. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You're looking like you know say, exactly yeah, what I'm talking about it. Yep. And uh, and so it's part of the the intentional. They, they want people to never be able to really trust mm-hmm. God, never believe mm-hmm. that they are loved. And there are people right now hearing this, I, I believe, that are going – this makes more sense than anything, and 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 it it breaks through defenses. To hear your story, mm-hmm. it's like you're telling their story. Mm-hmm. Um, That's the <clears> other <throat> reason I was going to say that because testimony does make it. You know, hearing someone else's testimony, even if yours isn't exactly the same, they overcame. It, it gets into the heart to their heart. It allows the Lord to get into there, yeah. deep into there, and yeah, um, 
pull up stuff and heal it. Yeah. So you've been adopted by this family. You don't know. I have been fostered. Oh, you're in foster. That mm-hmm. you're in foster care with this family for two and a half years. Mm-hmm. That's a long time. As a be. two to four year old. So a lot of you know memories are weird, are you know, especially traumatic memories, and so like I, I've explained it. I have no idea what hap- necessarily what happened at what ages. Some I'm I have kind of an idea, um, and. You know, traumatic memory can remember something and it might, and you may think it happened all in one day and it really happened mm-hmm. over a course of time mm-hmm. or whatever. But I had, I had vague memories as a kid of some things that were just weird and I, I just didn't really understand it. So I didn't think about it, um, much, but one was, I remembered being, um, and this is one memory that I like to share because it's a good example <clears throat> Um, I remember being on a swing, and it's something that maybe it also has happened to other people who weren't part of satanic ritual abuse. Um, which let me explain that that's people who worship Satan and they abuse other people or animals in a ritual where they're worshiping Satan. They use that as a form of worship, mm-hmm. is how I like to yeah. explain that. And there's a, the abuse is physical, sexual, spiritual, emotional, and I like to add spiritual because that's the biggest. And mental, yeah. Mm-hmm. And mental, yeah. yeah. Um, <clears throat> and it's hard for people to believe because it creates that cognitive dissonance of like, mm-hmm. there's just no way. Mm-hmm. You know, no one wants to believe this stuff happens. No one, you hear oh, it, no. you think you. I've been dealing with it a long time and I, I would prefer to be wrong I, about most of what I know. Like, I don't have doubts. I, I, I know right. people, I know the joys all over the place. And I know that they're opening up about reality and I'd still wish that I was wrong. Yeah. I would say that if I found out that I was wrong and these were all, as they say, false memories. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yes. Glad to hear that. (laughs) That's a whole interesting subject because it is the people that were behind that whole movement were known perpetrators. Wow. I thought so. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So and they're expert witnesses. So they get a lot of people off by being having degrees and blah 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 and coming in with proof that all of this is fake, which is wow. Slick marketing. Right. Which then also further confuses the victims. Yep. Yep. Mhm. Yeah. So um I remembered being on a swing and my foster sister it was their daughter pushing me off the swing. Typical children stuff, right? You know, it happens. And I went and told on her, and, and I was probably two. And I got paddled. And I got locked in the closet. And just left there for I don't know how long. But definitely enough time that I peed my pants. <clears throat> you know, like, definitely wow. a long time. Yeah. Um, and it, that was the beginning of teaching me not to talk. Huge part of programming mm-hmm. and satanic programming. People are going to learn you talk and you'll be punished. Mm-hmm. There's still that fear to me. Mm-hmm. Um, because, And I even said, I just came right out and said it to the people when I did the behind the scenes on Halloween. I said, this is a day that they'd actually love to, to kill me <laughs> as a traitor mm-hmm. because I'm sharing these things. They don't want mm-hmm. the world to know. They don't want yes. people to know that this happened. Yeah. Um, so it's, 
yeah, that's definitely a fear that gets put in <clears throat> instilled there. And it's not just you. And they start to tell you that they'd hurt other people. Um, in fact, there's another memory that I, that surfaced while I was going through healing and I'm kind of going all over the place because I didn't get to how I got to that mm -hmm. point, yeah. but it's an example <clears throat> of that where I thought I was talking to someone from DCF Mm -hmm. And I shared something to what I, who I thought was a social worker. Wow. And it wasn't. And a friend of mine was punished for it, not me. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, let me ask this question. Were they DCF mm -hmm. and a part of the occult or were they – it was all I, fake? I think you that was all fake. All fake. Okay. Mm -hmm. Because that is not unusual as well for because people to have positions like that mm -hmm. and – you take care of the family. You'll be the one that'll go on those calls and no one will be the wiser. Mm -hmm. yep. And I don't know if any of that was there because people, because I've been asked like, oh, how did anybody not know you're part of DCF? They may have done things where they didn't leave marks on me. <clears throat> um, I know I was tortured in different ways. I don't know if it left marks on me. Yeah. Um, but the social worker who ended up um, being my social worker when I was adopted, her, what she said to my parents was, um, my adopted parents, she said, if it's the last thing I do, I'll, I'm, I'm getting her out of here. Praise God. Mm -hmm. So there was somebody yeah, so in there. She was, yeah. she was part of the rescue mission. <laughs> Praise God. Praise <laughs> Which is God. what I like to call it. Um, so how I got, let's see. Where were we at? So you were pushed off the swing. Right. That was one of your early or right. one of the memories that you're mm -hmm. talking about. And then I had a memory of being sat on the dryer. And um, so this gets weird because the way I remember it and the way other people, when I tell it, think what really happened is different. And I'm not sure if it was or not. It really um, having my foster father's underwear shoved in my face like he'd pooped his pants. And said, look what you made me do and make me eat it. Um, some other people think it might have been something different. But mm. that's what I remember. Yeah. That's not unusual either. Yeah. Um, forced to like being urinated on or um, things like that. I remembered that. Those two memories I remembered my whole life. Without any ministry taking place mm -hmm. or anything. Yeah. Mm -mm. And then... You know, you fast forward all the way to, I have six children, I'm married, I have six children, and um, they're all still living at home, and we had some things going on that, um, with the kids, um, where our pastor at the time was like, this is demonic, and he wasn't like a deliverance minister, he'd never preached about anything like that. That was definitely the Holy Spirit just speaking through him. So you, because uh, I know a little bit, not, not a ton. Um, I want to spend more time with him, but but were you like the first case for him on um, deliverance? Not on deliverance. Yeah, but, but anything for like satanic ritual abuse. Yes, yeah. I think he okay. only ever ministered to one other person, but it was only like a couple times. Yeah. Um. But the first person he ever baptism did, by fire uh, <laughs> inner healing with was me. Yeah. So as we started into this process of deliverance, we were like, we knew nothing about it. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, this is like creepy. You know, you thinking, were homeschool Christian mom, right? I'd never thought. And about someone it. suggests you might ha need 
deliverance. Yeah. And (laughs) you know, and I'm part of a non-denominational church, but that's really Baptist. (laughs) All those non-denominational churches out there that are really Southern Baptist. (laughs) But they have cool names. (laughs) And so I didn't know anything about that to me. I'm like, you know, I probably would have thought things that people say now, oh, you're just, you know, if the, what you focus on is what you get and you're just stirring yeah, it up and you're, and blah, making blah, blah, yeah. it, you're making this happen. And, <clears throat> um, but so he, we got a hold of a friend of mine says, to, I told a friend of mine this and she's like, oh, I know somebody who does deliverance. I'll give you his number. And so we called him and it, it maybe took a month or so before we actually got in contact to be able to get him. And he came over, and so of course we're still thinking this is like movie theater, you know. Yeah, like yeah. Lay down, split yeah. head spinning around, head spinning yeah. around. So the yeah. kids all went to be babysat. <laughs> you know, make this all sanitized and <laughs> pretty. Yeah. And he starts praying for us, and I started manifesting something. I clearly felt like my eyes squeezed shut, and it was not. And I'm like, this is weird. You know, like definitely felt like like I had no control over that. It just <clears throat> happened. There was nothing he did to you. No, he just right. prayed. Yeah. Anything that's not a this specific exact words. Anything that's not of God, come up and out of you know John and Joy. Yeah. And my eyes just squeezed shut really tight, and I couldn't open them. And you know, it just went on from there. And he, I used to get a lot of migraines. I still get some, but not like I did. And so he kept coming over and praying for me. And because we know migraines are can be witchcraft, they can they're very common with um, satanic ritual abuse. Because there's also other reasons for it. Mm-hmm. Um, so he kept praying deliverance for me, and that was all he really knew. He wasn't sure what he thought of inner healing. Mm-hmm. My husband start. I started having memories come surfacing, little things like bad dreams and little things that were coming up that were strange. I honestly don't even remember what all of them were at this mm-hmm. point. Um, because they were just sort of jumbled little things. And you didn't have anybody to kind of n- help you navigate any of that. Right. John, just, yeah. John George, who is the minister, he just kept mm-hmm. saying, it's okay. We're going to get you through this. Mm-hmm. He didn't know what was happening either. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> now my husband was starting to research. He's a researcher. He likes to research everything. And so he starts looking up some different things. And, um, I think at this point, when he starts looking up things, we realized that there was some sort of ritualistic abuse. Mm-hmm. Just the things that were coming up. Um, there was something with a dog and some other stuff that was just, okay, that's a little weird. So I was actually progressively getting worse. Not like that can happen in deliverance where somebody hasn't had this, where everything's stirred up and so you're feeling things more. Mm-hmm. But it was worse like I had never self-harmed. And I wanted to. I wanted to cut myself. I wanted to jump out of the car, driving down the road. I wanted to kill myself. Things that I hadn't struggled with. All of a sudden, just very heavy on me. And so that in the back of John George's mind was, I remember somebody saying, if you pray for someone and things get worse, it might be this. And it might help if you do this. So he ends up getting in touch with Cynthia Yarborough from pulling down strongholds. Yeah. Yeah. And he's, well, and he's talking to her. And then one day he just decides, I'm just going to test it. And he says, if there's any little girl parts in I'm going to have to come up. (laughs) Oh, Lord. (laughs) And I literally look, he said, he said to somebody else, he never said this to me, but a friend of mine told me what he said. It was almost like I, immediately like transformed into a little girl. Yep. 
It happened immediately. And he was like, whoa. <laughs> and he did end up getting on the phone with Cynthia. And he was like, what do I do now? <laughs> Were you aware at all of that change when it happened? Like all of a sudden you sound like a little girl. It just felt like you. Actually, I was probably about two because I didn't really talk. I wow. shared later oh, okay. what yeah, I was yeah. seeing and what was going on in yep. my mind, but I was not speaking. Yep. Really. Yep. When you connect with a pre-verbal part, a high percentage of the time now, what we teach, like you could have then spoken over. Yeah. Over. And, and, it, and explain what was going on. Um, but, but I think I did as time went on. Yeah. 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 But in that yeah. When you first do it, you're there, you're two mm-hmm. years old and, mm-hmm. and you are reliving um, well, kind of yeah. what's actually really cool is I don't recall any um, specific memory in that first moment. Mm-hmm. But actually, the, ma- the main thing I remember, I, we did get to that closet that time. But what the main thing I remembered was, and I don't recall before that, I may have had visions, but I didn't know what they were. Wouldn't have called it that. Because mm-hmm. I was raised Catholic in a kind of Baptist type thing. So mm-hmm. all the gifts of the spirit were brand new to me. And I saw Jesus and he said, and he's showing me all this broken glass in his hands. And he said, that's, this is the pieces of your soul, but I have them all. I have every part right here and I haven't lost one of them. Mm. And he's like, and I'm going to put it all back together. Praise God. And he put his hands together and then opened them back up. And it was like this glowing, if you've ever seen the crackled glass, <clears throat> it's like this glowing yellow mm-hmm. ball of crackled glass. Yeah. Wow. That's, that is beautiful. That is powerful. When, what we call what we do is broken soul ministry, but, but I think a more biblical term, I, they're both biblical, mm-hmm. but broken heart, the problem is broken heart to most people in my mind when i just I was start 14, hearing she said no uh, yeah that's what i i hear uh donny osmond and they call it puppy love and i'm like we're talking about something radically different than that Br- a broken heart is shattered into a million pieces by mm-hmm. unbelievable unimaginable things and so that's one of the reasons why i didn't use that because i was like going it, it it says something I don't want it to say, but it it is, and 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 it, the Word of God talks so much about the brokenhearted, how much the Lord loves the brokenhearted, and and those passages are some of the most, impo- especially when you understand what you went through and and the devastating effect on it. Those scriptures have a life that is mm-hmm. so much more incredible. Like they are good for me. Mm-hmm. But oh, wow, they hold something special. Yep, yeah. that's what he wants to do. Is and that put was all those literally bro- he was showing me that in a tangible way. That's like, beautiful. As a, you know, here it's, this is a two-year-old that he's yeah. showing, and the the discouragement I had at the time of feeling completely like, you know, I can talk about it now, and and it doesn't. I don't even re- really fully remember what that felt like, but I felt like I was completely falling apart. All these weird mm. memories, and I'm like, "What in the world is going on?" Yeah. Now all of a sudden, I'm yeah. having all these thoughts of doing things I've never done. I was like, "What is going on?" Yeah. And then Jesus shows me that, and I was also starting to remember they had, um, as you mentioned, programming. Which I don't know. Do you have a definition to explain what that is to people? Programming actually is interesting because it it takes on so many different forms and sure. and so there's a broad perspective of it we have television programming we are being 
all being programmed in different ways mm-hmm. to believe certain things and things like that. That's at a broad level. When it gets very intentional and satanic, it is like what you described. It, it, you're going to have – we train a dog by – Andrew has shock collars on his dogs. and That and sounds really when, bad. They're bark collars. It does. Collars. It sounds really bark, bad. Bark collars. When they bark, yeah. Bark collars. It it's, first warns them with a little beep and yeah. then it vibrates. And if they keep barking, yes. Yes. <laughs> but so but that, it but it's, it's so. to create a behavior where the dog sure. – doesn't annoy I you with bark. Over time. Yeah. And so it is like, and what's interesting is real shot collars are used in satanic world, you know, things like that. And that's just one of a myriad of things that are, are done to where you go. I feel compared. <laughs> <laughs> Not meaning to judge you. And, and we're, we'll, we will erase this part for all of the SPs. <laughs> and, uh, we'll just deal with that later. <laughs> I do but, edit the podcast. So. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just, I'll just change it where he says he has dogs that he You're puts sure the shot. But, but it, it's unimaginable for someone to put that on their child. Yeah. And things that were that, – that is nothing compared to the stuff that you – were, that you faced um, and the memories that you're not even describing. We're not asking you to describe. You you can describe as many or whatever you want, sure. but it is and, – and, and, and it's for the benefit. Like when I wrote um, Restoring Joy, I don't know if you ever got a copy, but I'll give you a copy. Um, if we have any, we need to get some more. But, <laughs> but, but I was like, how do I write X-rated horror movie hmm. in a PG? Because I'm like, like – I want to wake people up. I want them to be informed. I want them to be disturbed appropriately in a healthy way, disturbed Mm -hmm. to the point where we are willing to do something Mm -hmm. while at the same time going, uh, some of this is like, even the little memories you described, it's unimaginable. Mm -hmm. You know, having someone's underwear put in your face, you know, your supposed father figure, you know, is, is unimaginable. And, and that is way more palatable than a lot of things that are not being said. Right. And, um, that we wouldn't want to subject you to, or anyone else to, mm-hmm. um, one, one thing I just want to say real brief, cause I'm in the middle of, we're refurbishing Andrew's house. It was a 75 year old house. I feel like every time we mention it, we mention a different age, and I've totally I, forgotten how old it is. I honestly, I have no it idea. might be a different age than that, but for whatever reason, that's the number that sticks in my brain. Um, and I think it was told me, and but but most of what we did until right now, until right, we're at the place now where every time we touch it, it's becoming more beautiful. But for the longest period of time, we made it smell worse, look worse, <laughs> made it more unlivable. Mm-hmm. Because we had a vision of what it was supposed to be and what it could be. And there were things that if we didn't deal with them, my grandkids could have had a ceiling fall in on them. Mm-hmm. And I'm not exaggerating. Mm-hmm. And things that you probably couldn't have just seen <clears throat> by looking at it. The, the septic line, a three-inch line that takes the poop out, was severed underneath the house. Right. You didn't. Inspectors see didn't see that. It wasn't you – would, you would never see it. But – I can't imagine what kind of sickness and other things that could come as a result of that. And that's what sometimes uh, in a lot of people's lives, you're 75 years old. If you've not gotten ministry, 
There are beams that have been eaten by termites. There are mm-hmm. septic lines broken under the house. It's, a, it's, it's just reality. Right. It's part of what needs to be dealt right. with. And, um, and, and, um, you know, and, and ministry sometimes is going to turn your life upside down. I was, mm-hmm. I was thinking about your husband and what he's experiencing as, as this is a good Christian homeschool mom. And all of a sudden life isn't looking better day by day at first. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, it's, it's, <clears throat> that's a challenge for him because to him, I'm not the person, I'm not the same person. Yeah. And I'm really not yeah. in a lot of ways. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Because yeah. there's, there's, the, so when I said programming, so one of the things that they did, and this goes with the, the broken glass and all, mm-hmm. um, they used a lot of nursery rhymes. And it was interesting when that started coming up, I just, I would just be driving and I would be, like in my head, reciting these nursery rhymes. And I remember, wow, you know, when I was, when I was little, I had this little recorder and I would, and I had this book and it had come actually from, this is when I was living with my adoptive parents, <clears throat> but this had come from the foster home. Mm. And I would read, read as a four-year-old, I wasn't reading. I had them memorized and I would read the nursery rhymes over and over. And my, my aunt was a teacher in my adopted family. And she's like, I must've talked, I talked a lot as a little kid. <laughs> so she said she must like to hear her own voice. <laughs> she probably talked a lot because maybe I wasn't able to. Mm, yeah. Now you so felt now the freedom. I could talk and so I could, I yeah. just talked and talked. And um, she said, give her a recorder and let her record. But not what they didn't know is they were actually helping to keep me programmed mm. because they had used those nursery rhymes as ways Part of their help. rituals. Yeah. It was, I think it was ways to help to like help me dissociate mm-hmm. so I could start recite a nursery rhyme in my head instead of again for people listening this is so common you know nursery rhymes movies very common like the, wizard of oz. the wizard of oz I wasn't going to say it but yeah like like the wizard of oz Alice in Wonderland all that was yeah has been used by the yeah. occult a lot yeah mm-hmm. so one big one was Humpty Dumpty mm-hmm. and that Humpty Dumpty <laughs> and I hate to even say it. Like, it's still to this day is like, I don't want to say it. <clears throat> but I have a beautiful, the Lord, you know, helped that. And it was, you know, I was thinking Humpty Dumpty sat on a wall and all the king's horses and all the, and fell. And now yeah. I can't even remember it exactly. Yeah, which is good. funny. <laughs> yeah. All the king's horses and all the king's men <clears throat> couldn't put Humpty back together again. But the, but the Lord said to me that the king of kings can. That'll preach right there. Mm. Do you know what that was associated with? It was that associated with a specific message and programming? And no, you don't know exactly. Okay, Mm-mm. yeah, uh, definitely to make me think I couldn't ever get be fixed. Or yeah, be fixed. Yeah, that yeah. it was broken. Yeah, yeah, and unfixable. Yeah, yeah, but I don't know what it went with. Yeah. Okay. Um, And then the, so that same time when we, the first time we ever said, are there any little girl parts there? And then went from that to, um, this being in the closet and Mm -hmm. Jesus showing me he was there in the closet with me. And at the end of that, he was pushing me in the swing. And so that's like the easiest memory for me to share now, because whenever I think of it, that's what I see. I don't see all the other stuff. Mm -hmm. You see Jesus pushing you. Jesus being in the closet with me and pushing me on the swing and I actually tell people of all the memories, like you said, of all the memories I have, 
I'd much rather be in the closet mm. <laughs> by myself. Mm. <laughs> and that was actually a big thing. Um, someone had asked me, well, what was it like as a teenager? And I was like, or as a kid. And I very like to spend time by myself. I would much rather be in my room <clears> by <throat> myself without people. Yeah. So um, I, I kind of. People were scary. Yeah. And hurtful. Yeah. Being yeah. in the closet was much better. <laughs> and that belief became more apparent through ministry and some of the memories that God restored, but he, but he redeems them. That's, that's the thing right. for people listening. It is not about reliving memories. Right. It, it, I, I don't ask for more memories. I ask the Lord, if there is a memory that he wants to heal, that he would bring that up. And there's a lot of people that they don't ever want to touch any of that. Right. And which sometimes is keeping them locked. And I'm like going, Let's just trust the Lord. And and for most people, it when they're recovering something, tell me what it was like for you, but it is almost like being there again. At the same time, I don't feel like they're typically – there have been times where I was like, wow, that was a traumatic thing to remember. But it's not like they're reliving the trauma. Right. And And what's beautiful is the Lord shows up and brings such an amazing healing. There, there are times that I know what – we healed was huge and there was no memory. And I'm, thank God, there's other times that a memory comes back with it. And I just know that he's all wise and all knowing and knows both what a person can handle and what's important. Because sometimes for us as a minister, it tells us, okay, if this was remembered, then we're going to have to deal with these things. So, so there's a component at both as a minister um, and as them. And a lot of times I think the memories all of a sudden are like, I'm going to use a real, like, th- this is a real example, but someone was deathly afraid of a certain type of van of a certain color mm-hmm. to the point where they'd get their whole family to cross the street and walk around the block to go to avoid those yellow, that type of yellow van. And then if it, and then if it was that type of van, but it wasn't yellow. It was not quite as serious, but it was still complete mm-hmm. avoidance. Like mm-hmm. we can't walk past this. Mm-hmm. When the memory was recovered and healed, first of all, those vans in that color no longer had power mm-hmm. over their life. Right. And and it made sense. The memory all of a sudden, like, no, my husband, if I tell him, will understand mm-hmm. why that color van of that kind is like because no nobody said anything they just they just it was like we can't drag her past we can't force her we we have to comply and now it makes sense you know it's interesting in how you shared that it goes back to the confession because if she had never confessed that she had that fear yeah it would have never opened up the ability for her to be healed yeah i'm not sure if it started with that it might have but it was like as when we connected with that memory, then the story mm-hmm. is what I think came out. Mm-hmm. But it, but it is like sometimes w- when someone tells us their triggers, we go, I don't know why that is a trigger, but I would almost guarantee that there's a trauma associated mm-hmm. with the fear of yellow vehicles. Right. You know? Right. So when we're, when we're Which interviewing. That's what I would say is the trigger. That yeah. was a confession because yeah. maybe they never said it before. Just an example of how. Something so simple yep. can lead to your yeah. healing. When someone's fear is 
unnatural of like fear of going to a doctor or fear of going to a hospital or fear of stuff that might even be fear- fearful of dentists. When it reaches a level that is beyond normal, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't start by going, you know, you had a trauma there. Right. I just go, let's ask the Lord if there's anything there. <laughs> Cause first of all, I can't bring someone their memories. And a lot of times people are like, they know there's something there and they don't want to touch it. And they go, no, I'm fine with that. Mm-hmm. If, if you don't, but, but I would encourage you to trust the mm-hmm. Lord mm-hmm. because the Lord, if there's something there and I watch him uncover those things and, and, and he's so wise. He is so loving. He only does it for our healing because he wants to put those broken pieces back together. That's right. Yeah. I've, I have <clears throat> also had the pleasure of help, you know, not a lot, but doing some inner healing with people when they bring up something that's traumatic. And I'm like, well, would you like the Lord to heal that? And their initial response is, I don't want to go relive that. And I get to explain. And sometimes I'll share with them the swing story because I'm like, you need, this is what he does with it. Yeah. He's not doing this to hurt you. Yeah. So we all, oh, go ahead. Um, oh, the doctor. I had that. Yeah. We would go, my mom would take us to the doctor and. Um, my sister would cry and cry because we were getting shots and I would, you know, stoic and hurt and then afterwards pass out. <laughs> and the doctor said, you have an uh, overreactor and an underreactor. Ooh. Now I know what it was. It was, and I, that's actually, sorry, one of the things that I have had to deal with in all of this is, and it'd be interesting to hear your take on this. A lot of the um, memories as they've recovered, actually, at first John was like, I don't know what just happened here because it's very unemotional. And he said that to Cynthia and he said, well, she's like, well, there's a couple of different <clears> things. <throat> and she said, and one is that you don't have the part that experienced it. It's another part telling the story mm-hmm. as like a historian or the speaker. Mm-hmm. And I actually think that's a lot of what I had. Interesting. And, and then later it's like an, un, you know, you that peeling an onion and then later other parts that I could tell things as though, like I'm talking to you right now. Yeah. That there, are like horrific. And- there are parts that are reporters. Yeah. Um, and we can usually tell the difference. If, it, it's very clear um, because a, a reporter is telling you what mm-hmm. the part is seeing, what the part – they can sometimes even tell you what they're feeling. Mm-hmm. Although sometimes if they don't have feeling words, they can't tell you. Because they're like, it's not their language. Mm. <clears throat> and when you connect with the part, they can describe different things while they're crying. You know, mm-hmm. what are they feeling? I don't know. You know, because mm-hmm. those parts, they're not connected with emotion mm-hmm. for various reasons, mm-hmm. you know. So, yeah, everybody's different. Mm-hmm. And and so there are people that let their parts do the talking. Mm-hmm. And there are there are people that I've had very strong protector <clears throat> parts Yeah, that one will lash out <laughs> and also that are, are protecting from the emotions mm-hmm. and allow me to be very emotionless. Yeah. 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 Oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And um, so actually more recently we were, I sat for ministry because I had been very, stu- you know, we, there's always stuff, you know, and I'd been very stirred up and agitated and, frustrated and I knew something was going on Mm -hmm. (laughs) and I don't recall 
why he said this because John doesn't really do a lot of John George doesn't really do a lot of inner healing um, anymore. That's just not his wheelhouse. He's more deliverance and he's actually starting to move more out of that into other areas, which, you know, God grows us and moves us. And, um, and he just said, he said something like, and she's allowed to cry. And I had cried a lot. Actually, let me go back and say like I'd went through that and I had gone through times where for like two years I would come, go to church and cry through the whole service. And I, or maybe a year was mm-hmm. like that. And it felt like, dude, sure. <laughs> and I'd have this sweater that had a hood on it and I'd put that over my head and I would just hide behind this and cry and cry. Cause of course also being in church was triggering because they were yeah. part of a church and there was that whole dynamic. Yeah. Um, but it was also those tears had to come out somehow. Yeah. And so that would happen. And I probably, and then um, said, and she will heal. And first there was a very strong, and I think this was actually demonic, a, de- a demon, but um, of no, that's not happening. That can't happen. Mm-hmm. And then just wailing, crying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It was obviously needed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's interesting. Sometimes when the parts that have been the most stoic are able to connect with their emotions, because they have them. Mm-hmm. You know, it, that is sometimes some of the more dramatic emotional responses. Sometimes it, you're dealing with a part that has emotion, but but it is it is interesting both as individuals. It's it's part of what we do in ministry is help someone reconnect to their emotions, mm-hmm. and and it's uh, <laughs> always some interesting stories. One friend was like absolutely not like. And uh, gave him a homework of assignment of a Jack Frost book, mm-hmm. and and he was reading it and crying and calling me every name in the book and Jack Frost every name in the book because because it was breaking through walls that he both wanted to break through mm-hmm. and didn't want to break through at the same time, mm-hmm. and he still wasn't giving himself permission to reconnect with him, his emotions. He wasn't giving us that permission in ministry. He wasn't giving himself permission. But he was committed to doing what he needed to do at the same mm-hmm. time. So it's kind of funny to watch that battle. And so it's happening mm-hmm. before he's said it's okay. So when he finally says it's okay, mm-hmm. it was like pretty like <laughs> dramatic. And he, he thought it was going to be like one thing. He, he actually had to carry a gun and he had to go put it away before he connected with his emotions, which – and then it was like he he was thanking me that week afterwards. He was like, "Thank you, thank you, thank you so much." You know, yeah, I had a concealed carry permit. <clears throat> had a gun, and there was a period of time where I was like, "You need to get this out of the house." So, <laughs> did you say you read Jack Frost? So I was in ministry school, and we were reading Jack Frost. And this was pretty. This was quite a few years ago. So I I was just like pretty. I was still going through. Was it before deliverance or after? No, no, but it was still pretty fresh, you know? And, and here I was, I was taking a risk because I was going to this ministry school, meeting all these new people and stepping out and doing like being vulnerable. And they're reading this Jack Frost book. That's the next book we're going to do. And the person who was, it was like a third year student who is introducing it and going to teach it. and, Mm -hmm. And she's like, so they were talking about one of the other third year students who they called Papa because he had this fatherly spirit and they're like, who needs a hug from their father? And she must've seen the, and, and she like really put my, and I was like, Mm-mm. and she kept saying, it, and I was like, no. Who? 
And I was like, no, no, no. And then it was awful because I felt so bad. But I yeah. was not happening. I'm not, yeah. not hugging some yeah. strange man. I don't yeah. know. Yep. It was not going to help me heal. <laughs> yeah. And I, I, I didn't care for that book. Actually, I'm not sure how much of it I really read because yeah. of that first book. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Interesting. Well, because yeah. I can have a little bit of a rebellious spirit. No. Well, so, well, so it's, then that, well, that part of me comes out that's like, probably that protector thing. I, well, I'm not reading that. Well, it is. <laughs> don't tell me to hug somebody. It is, that's what it, I would be like. It is like, a train wreck inside that people don't understand. It's an, I have a carry an anointing for the Father's love. Mm-hmm. And, and such a high percentage of people are like, wow, that was so healing. And then, and then every now and I can usually gauge it like mm-hmm. pretty good. Um, but there are those times when maybe the Lord wants to break through and press someone's buttons. I don't know. Cause I'm, I, mm-hmm. and I'm, and I'm like, like at the same time I'm going, I completely understand. And, and not knowing all about, we just know a little bit of your story, mm-hmm. but I'm going, holy cow. I can't imagine what that would feel like in that <laughs> moment. And, 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 and you've got a mixed bag. You've got an adoptive family. Sure. And that none have of those been people loving. Actually, fully knew my story yet at this point. So yeah. I felt bad for them too. And then I think my husband was like, "I can't believe you did that." And I was like, "Well, <laughs> I'm allowed to say no." I'm Absolutely, <laughs> that is so. That's one of the things that the Lord often has us get. Like, you can say no. Yes. You know. That's so good. And and I do that almost every time because part of what I'll do in a lot of ministry sessions at some point is, would you like a father's? embrace. And I explain it a little bit beforehand because so many of the wounds have come from men. Mm-hmm. And I and I say and and more than anything I want you to know that you can say no. And I, I don't know what percentage. It's a high percentage like yes, you know and and uh or yes, but whatever. Um but but there are those and I go thank you for saying no. Mm-hmm. I want to give you permission to change that to a yes at mm-hmm. any time mm-hmm. and let me know. But but I respect that. And I, I already gave them that permission. Mm-hmm. And when they exercise, I was like, that's awesome. That's huge. It is. Because they need. claiming their own power. Yep. So I, I was that was what was in my mind for a while now to kind of jump into that. So <laughs> you, you've got you've got Father God. Yeah. You've got Jesus. Mm-hmm. And. And, and we were and the Holy Spirit. But we and we were just talking about. It being a bit of a train wreck. Why would that be challenging for you? We, I, I mentioned false Jesus, and you were like shaking your head like back in the beginning. So mm-hmm. tell me a little bit about why that's so challenging. Um, so, gosh, the false Jesus thing came up first because um, there is something with the Father. And I'm sure we'll find out sometime maybe i shouldn't say i'm sure mm-hmm. maybe something will be with holy spirit if you saw me say yeah. i didn't say it loud enough my favorite because i don't have any any wounds there that i know yeah. of um so there was they there was a man within the cult mm-hmm. um that they called jesus and if he came on the scene i knew everything was over like it was all gonna be it was all over like no more no more pain no more abuse, nothing bad was going to happen. Now, um, that may not be what happened. That's may not be what other people have experienced. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. And, and that's an interesting thing. Cause as you say, there's a lot more people than you realize 
I haven't heard a lot of other people's stories myself. Yeah. So yeah. it's very uncommon to hear them. Um, so this false Jesus, there was, you know, it was kind of a buildup. And when I was four years old, and this I knew I was four, it was my birthday. And they did a special, a special party or ritual. And um, I'm not sure how much of that I'm going to share, but there was a lot there, a lot of abuse. It was fine until it got dark. And then I noticed people come showing up that I knew were not good. Um, so I, I do remember knowing, oh, this is, this is changing. <laughs> there, this is going to change. Um, but this is one where, you know, they like, they want you to, they want people to perpetrate abuse themselves, the, the abused to abuse yes, others. It's part of the programming. Um, so that now you're just as bad. And so they had, they made me do something awful. Mm. Um, unthinkable. And as soon as that happened, here comes the, here comes this person that I knew as Jesus. Mm-hmm. And I thought, Oh, this is over. And instead he's saying, everyone, I don't love you. I will never love you. Basically. Can't I reject forgive you. you. I will never forgive you. Yeah. Look what you did. Yeah. And that obviously is devastating at this point. Yeah. Yeah. This was the one person that was nice. It yeah. was good to me. Yeah. It like cleaned me up when everything was. Yeah. And now you are forever rejected and abandoned and it's your fault. Right. Yeah. There was a girl one Had time. Had you ever heard anyone tell that similar story <laughs> or ever? No. It's crazy. Cause like that, that's not even close to the first time we've heard that story. But every time I always ask people, I'm like, have you ever heard of that before? And it's so like, what's, and to me, even telling that there's times where, when you said you wish that there's times where I think that just can't, yeah. mm-hmm. that people would be yeah. that intentional, intentional and diabolical. Yeah. And, and I, I want to rephrase that because it's the enemy. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Battle flesh and blood. Yeah. Every person who perpetrates yeah. it's because they had this done yeah, to yeah. them. Yeah. Um, now, when the Lord did heal that memory, and I don't know that it's fully healed. And as a matter of fact, the the wailing the other day was was the part that actually experienced that, because until then it was like what I'm, how I'm saying it now, yeah, very factual. So you grew up loving Jesus. You, you grew up um, for many most of your life as a Christian or not. Like, so I grew my adoptive parents are Catholic and I grew up in the Catholic church. And okay. I always, I think there was a part of me that knew that that Jesus was not real, that mm-hmm. that was not the real Jesus. But as a kid, you didn't know, you know, as a little kid, I didn't realize that Jesus would actually be right there. Real and yeah. tangible, you know, yeah. like, yes, people might see him. People do have visions and see Jesus, yeah. but I didn't realize that was <clears throat> <Right>. strange. Yeah. <laughs> um, but of course, I never talked about it because why would I want to talk about the fact that Jesus rejected me? So, did um, you feel that? Were you conscious of that? So, let, yeah, um, I didn't remember that mm-hmm. growing up, but I do remember thinking, struggling with, well, he's he forgives everybody else. He's loving and kind, and and I I can can love him and think he's great because he does this for everybody else. He's faithful for everybody else but not me Mm. wow like i'm not good enough for that yeah 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 
definitely. And I would say it's probably still something that I would, that at times I have to be like, Mm -hmm. to choose to catch that thought. Yeah. Yeah. Take those thoughts captive. And, Mm -hmm. and you, and so you had an encounter, a ministry encounter where, where Jesus kind of healed that. Yeah. He actually showed. So then, so this, that didn't end and that the false Jesus shoved me over to whoever was Satan. I don't know. And honestly, I don't know if it was an actual, I have memories when I've had demons cast out of me of actually being able to remember how it entered me. And, um, that's kind of not a pleasant thing. And sure. I'm sure nope. it's the yeah. enemy at the time trying to shove that up there. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if that was, a vision of Satan because mm-hmm. I know that can happen. Yeah. Um, or if it was someone just oh, like the false yeah. Jesus portraying yeah. and playing yeah. that yeah. part, but I was going to marry him. That's... That was the birthday. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So how Jesus healed that is that he's the real Jesus <laughs> stood in front of him. And because you can't, the reality is, and this is what I love to tell people is, I don't care if you gave your soul to Satan. I mean, I care, but mm-hmm. you don't really get to sell your soul to Satan. It's not a permanent thing. It's not a lot. He, he does not have that mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. to own your soul. Mm-hmm. He wants you to think he does, but he doesn't. Yep. Yep. And it's not, and you can't, that can't be forced upon you. Um, And so it's not a real transaction. Yeah. Yeah. So... I hope anybody who hears that knows that uh, that, that is not a real I'm loving this 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 podcast personally because I'm like I believe that there are people that it's is going to minister to uh, now and long term because they've some have those memories mm-hmm. um and and some they've been repressed but they are battling with the same thing and and it is it is a satanic lie. Like I, I know that I never experienced any of that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't know how I picked it up, but I, w- I was I was certain I was going to heaven, but I was pretty sure I was going to slide under the gates <laughs> because for whatever reason, and I don't remember the preaching saying this outright, but it was like you're a sinner, don't deserve forgiveness. And, um, but he, but you ask him and he will, um, even though you're kind of a worthless scumbag. And, and so like, I was like, I'm going to heaven. I know it barely, you know, (laughs) um, don't think I would have verbalized it that way. And I'm like, wow, it's just so far from the father, what he's really like. I, I think some of it was picked up because it was like preachers had a good theology, but they were operating from a broken belief system because some of them had been through stuff. And some of them, it's permeated our seminaries, it's permeated our, our churches, permeated the religious world. So I'm going like, I'm pretty sure that was not the intended message. But why is it that it was so... Like, it, like what we picked up, you know, mm-hmm. and our, our, our Lord is so loving and gracious and forgiving. And yeah. so still one of the most triggering messages for me is, um, when people preach against once saved, always saved. And 
I will say, I don't know where I stand on that one. Mm-hmm. Um, but oh boy, do I hit, or when they preach on depart from me, I never knew you. I, I can barely stand it. I, I'm mm. just like, I can't take this. <laughs> was that, do you remember if that was part of the preaching know. back then? I, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. But it is definitely, yeah. I do not like that. And my husband's very big on the, <laughs> that you can lose your salvation. Yeah. So like, oh, wow. So I get yeah. that, yeah. yeah. And I, I think it's a, there's definitely like, it comes from a critical spirit and a religious spirit for sure. Yeah. And yeah. not knowing the fathers love themselves. Yeah. Um, so then the father, you asked that, yeah, yeah, yeah. there's that when that just came up in the last year, I was, um, somebody was praying for me and John George says a lot, Jehovah God. And he wanted me to repeat and I would not say Jehovah and they couldn't understand. And I was like, I hate that name. <laughs> okay. I was like, no. Intellectually, you knew the name was okay, but it's I'm, I'm still, not sure. Okay. I hated that name. Yeah. It's still like, eh. but now I can sing, you know, like Jehovah Jireh. And- it is interesting because one it of the things a, that a lot of people. It's a German word. Is it? Jehovah is? Which is probably why I don't like it. Cause, yeah. Uh, well, it, it is interesting because a, a lot of, like I would have always thought Jehovah was a Hebrew word, but, and I do know a lot of people kind of in the messianic realm who know don't say Jesus. That's not his yeah. name. You have to say. And, and well, there's, is it Yeshua or Yahusha or Yahuwah? <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. That's where I'm like going, you know what? I know he knows when I'm calling him Jesus, what, what I, what, my heart, like I'm not hung up on that kind of thing. And there are people that, there are people right now listening that are going, <gasps> they're like, they oh no, you know? can't wait to inform us of this. Uh, and, and, yeah, and, and, but, and some of it is like, like Sorry, we live in a, we live in, we live in a in a real world, and so sometimes I'm using the common word, even if I know that it is like okay, it's not the exact right word, but I'm not sure which one is because I've heard the debates on the different words, and uh, and so there are times when I'm talking with him that I'll use those because because like I want to call him who he is, you know what I mean? Right, and right. and uh, and then there's being in the world and going. This they is not this is not my number one agenda. And then there is, Lord, help me to not say Jehovah when Joy's around because <laughs> because I don't or or Yahweh yeah when when she's around because I don't want to trigger her. I want to be sensitive, like mm-hmm. be all things to all people is a part of that, you know, and 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 don't cause your brother to stumble mm-hmm. and recognizing that wow that's not what it means when I say it. But, but I, I, I get it. It was, it was part of the abuse. Somewhere, yeah. <clears throat> Somehow. I don't know exactly, but. Yeah. So the father, like how does that so, tie into the. Um, so even still today, probably. I, so I was very, my mom said I was, when we would go to church, my adopted mom said like we'd go to church and I would hide behind her when men would be around. And I did not, I never growing up really would volunteer to go up and give my dad a hug. Um. And, you know, he's a safe person. I just yeah. didn't. I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Um, even my uncles. And then I had an uncle that loved to tickle people. I hate being tickled with a passion. Mm. I think it's cruel. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, yeah, yeah, that's a big one. As a matter of fact, I tell people, I was like, I, I, when people tickle kids, I'm like, don't do that. 
laughing because they're enjoying it. Yeah. <laughs> um, could be a trigger. I don't know. Yeah. Or it could just be, yeah. I've read some yeah. things about tickling that it is actually not people. It's an involuntary laughter. You're not yeah. enjoying it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but people think you are, so they yeah. want to keep you laughing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but interesting. So, yeah. I, um, but my, you know, my adoptive family, I would say I don't have any bad memories of them. Um, but I had a lot of fear with them. So, mm-hmm. and I would say that kind of went with the father. So I don't, I, I still would probably struggle <clears throat> with that whole father's embrace thing. All right. Yeah. So I have a question for you. Mm-hmm. I've heard some people on this journey, they're scared of who they're going to become. <laughs> right. Like they're like, I, like, I know who I am now. I don't even necessarily like who I am, but I'm scared of who I might become, who I'll, what I'll like, what I'll think, what I'll believe, all that kind of stuff. How did you, how did everything change for you? And are you happy with who you are now? Do you feel like you're more of who you are now than you used I to hope be? So. Yeah. Um, it'd be interesting to ask people because I don't always know if there's a different, you know, I'm sure I'm still not fully integrated. Mm-hmm. Um, I do not like people saying, well, I should say not anybody. It's certain people talking about parts or what part, or because it can be, there have been people in my life who have not been real sensitive in how they handled it. And well, what part is this talking? Mm, Yeah. And that makes me mad. The part that's annoyed (laughs) by disrespectful people. (laughs) 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 Because for a lot of people, whether they're married to or a parent or they have a parent or, or even someone that's got a fractured heart soul Mm -hmm. is there are times that they say things and later someone says, when you said this and they go, no, I didn't. Yeah. Everyone forgets. And and there can be, there can be forgetfulness, but there's all, there also is that that happens. Where things are done, mm-hmm. yeah, but it's or hard. said. I think that's hard because oh, trying oh, to decide what caused it, like, it's like no. Nope. Like, oh yes, yeah, you said I could go to the. You said I could do this. Yes. You know, yeah. like yeah. <laughs> it was a teenager. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I would have, I would have, I, I would have been some... a horrible. I would have been a horrible <laughs> kid. That was oh, my God. taking full advantage now of that she, one. That was a different part. A, Lord, she's all me. grown and married and has a, has a daughter, and she's uh, apologized for this. She's <laughs> it's it it is fun to watch some of my kids with their grand my grandkids. <laughs> there you go. They, they yeah. have a little more respect <laughs> for their parents. Uh, I still blame my parents for everything. <laughs> so it's all their fault. <laughs> uh, Even my kids' bad behavior. I'm like it's probably a generational curse. It, well, it is because we get to watch them some, and yeah. so it's because we spoil them. How and many we, children do you have? I have. Four kids and two grandkids. Yeah, I have two kids. I have, I'm the oldest, okay. but I look like the the second oldest or maybe third oldest. <laughs> so, so, so that's funny because I always say that we have to apologize to our oldest because we were practicing. Yeah. <laughs> they got it and right. Then you apologize to the youngest because you were tired. They got they got it right <laughs> with me, and then they slacked for the rest. That's, that's <laughs> yeah, my oldest is like, what they have to do. <laughs> you know, like it's, I'm kind of the opposite. I'm like always trying to talk my parents into letting the younger siblings and the youngest do everything. I'm like, oh, I'll let them do whatever. So <laughs> it's a little different, maybe. But all right, so you you you're happy you went down this journey of healing? Oh yeah, it was a good Absolutely. experience. Ten out of ten. Would recommend. Well, 
almost, I don't know if there was any choice yeah. <laughs> if yeah. I wanted to survive. <laughs> no. But yes, because um, I had just shared with John that George, you know, if I hadn't gone through that, I wouldn't have a relationship with Jesus because mm. I wouldn't trust him. Yeah. Mm. Looking back, did you have a relationship with Jesus? What was it? Or was it religious do's and don'ts and you read your Bible and you to, had the answers? But Sure. And yeah. I would go to church and I could worship, but it was not... You didn't hear his voice. You didn't no, feel like he loved no, you. Yeah. No, Mm-mm. Very distant. Didn't feel lovable. Right. Yeah. I used to... I, I actually found him... Like, I'd be like, why'd you make me like this? Yeah. I put it all on. <laughs> like, yeah. he did all that. That is a huge hurdle because for many people, they... Well, part of the occult, they blame God for everything. Satan did from the beginning, in the Garden of Eden. It was like, did God tell you this? Oh, dude, he's keeping the best from you. That's the way he has always played the game Mm -hmm. is accuse the Lord, accuse God. And so, and, and it's, and it's radically unfair because one of the, one of the things that the way I, I, he plays the game is he'll tempt you. Mm -hmm. Hey, touch this. And then it's like, you touch it and it's like, and you call yourself a Christian. (laughs) Like, like, come on. Like, you were telling me that this was okay. It would be fine, you know, and yeah. and and now you're shaming me over the same thing, and that's how he plays the game. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, God can't love you, and you're like, all of that was spiritual warfare. All of it was the lies of the enemy. Right. And God is, is you know, there, and, and, and he accuses God of not being there. Mm-hmm. That's the huge part of the healing process. A lot of people are like, I don't, I don't want to invite God because where was he? He should have been there then. Right. You know? And what I go, man, just just trust me. Because you also know that he's going to show him he was there. Yeah. And and he's going to minister. At, and yeah. and I, go, I go, trust us. Let's just invite the Lord to come and minister to you. And, and if you are mad at him at the end and hate him and want to blame him for everything at the end, you'll have the right to do that but but will you just go god i give you permission to come and heal me and they do that and i'm like going are you, are you mad at him right now and they're like no this is awesome <laughs> you know you're like going you know it's like i want to facilitate this encounter with the person sometimes that you're most afraid of and that mm-hmm. that has taken all the blame mm-hmm. and it was satan that was blaming him right it's he's not really the one to blame and it's a real question it's a hard question why did God let this happen? Mm-hmm. You had to wrestle with that. I am sure. Yeah, I don't really like that question. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, have you not, have you got an, a definitive I, I answer on that that can answer it for everybody <laughs> for no. all time? Yeah. Um, so you know, while I would believe God didn't do it, yeah, He's not the author of it. Um, I guess I would say He allows it to happen because He doesn't interfere with other people's free will, mm-hmm. so He doesn't stop. Just yeah. like you said, the peop- they're free to, to hate God and not want anything to do with them. He's not going to stop the people who are abusing from abusing you completely, even yeah. though I do have some things where he showed that he literally intervened yeah. because they would have killed me. So, you, so it's sort of like that Job moment, like, okay, yeah. well, I, you are, oh, you got to stop because you can't cross that line. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it, it's interesting because I believe, first of all, that answer is, is – just reality and and but uh, but just that answer 
when it's just religion, when you've not had an encounter with Jesus, you don't know love. Is is like you know yeah. trying to put bubble gum on a on a broken dam. Like it's not it's not going to fix it right, right now. And and it's more like I I want to skip answering that question mm-hmm. to encountering Jesus. Yeah. Then you can explain those things. It's right. it's unexplainable. That behavior can never be explained. Mm-hmm. You know why it happens in a fallen world like like it, it's unfathomable. It's not righteous. It's, you can't make it okay. Right. But God mm-hmm. loves. But God is bigger. Mm-hmm. And here you are today and you still got how many wonderful kids? I have six six living children. We had one child that was stillborn. And then um, one grandchild and another one on the way. Wow. And married and yes. friends and you love God and feel loved by him. Mm-hmm. Things that seemed unimaginable before. True. Yeah. 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 Definitely. That's awesome. You know, and in the beginning of this, I would have never done this. Um, I'm not. Are, do you know who the Lap brothers are? No. So they had a. They used to come to a Christian retreat a lot, and mm-hmm. they had an overcomers course. And I knew I had to go to it because <laughs> they are former Amish and they still dress. Wow! Amish. Wow! And John George and his wife went to one, and I started having this thing where I was being triggered driving through Pinecraft in Sarasota. Mm-hmm. And huge Amish community down I'd there. I'd see people on their bikes, and I would see witches, and like, it was just really yeah, yeah, like, yeah. very triggering seeing all these people <clears throat> dressed like this. And as I'm going through all these memories, and so I was, and I was just at this point where I'm like, I gotta face it. So I'm gonna go to their their conference, and I'm gonna see what happens. And when I, one of them, I saw him maybe a year or two ago. And they said, look at you. You were scared of your own shadow. And now you're getting up there preaching. I had yeah. preached that day at our yeah. service. Oh, that's so, awesome. Cool. <laughs> and it's true. I was. I was like scared. And I didn't want to tell anybody. And I had written. We had a sheet. We're like, I don't want you to press me. I don't want to tell my story. Like You got to say, you got to lay out where you were at. And if you wanted them to push you harder, you could say that. I was like, no. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but it, one of the beautiful things actually that happened there was that Cynthia was there mm-hmm. and she went up to Steve Lapp and said, wasn't it like Amish that had abused her or something like that? She said, why don't one of, can one of you stand in and mm. ask her to forgive wow. you? I and love how God orchestrates stuff like that. I have like pictures that. of this. It gives me chills. <sighs> or he took my hands and he said, he must have asked me a hundred times. And I said, yes, every time. But he goes, I keep asking me because they did a lot. So I just want to keep Will you forgive me? Will you forgive yes. us? Will you forgive us? Yeah. Wow, that's well, beautiful. So beautiful. That's yeah. awesome. That's part of the what I do in healing the heart of women and being and standing in the gap is is I stand in the gap as a man, as a father, as sometimes as a husband. Um and uh and it is a high percentage of the time just a life transforming and powerful part of Mm-hmm. Of and, and and I I often have to do it pretty early on mm-hmm. because what what I say is there's a wall here mm-hmm. and they're like what you just met like I, I like you 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 like we're, what's going on and I'm like because I I have nothing to do with that wall you have nothing necessarily to do with that wall but mm-hmm. it, it it's there right 
you know, we need to tear that down if I'm ever going to be a part of your ministry session. You know, I don't use all those words, but that's what's, I know that we got to jump this hurdle so we can keep working together Mm -hmm. because without it, chances of this not ending well and you thinking he's just like every other man are pretty high, you know? And, and, uh, um, and so, it, you know, same thing, man, when the Lord had would, would take, take me in Africa, I go to a different village, I'm going, there's a world of hurt that exists here because of the color of my skin mm. that I have personally no, nothing to do with. But I stand in the gap and it's huge. And sometimes it's as a pastor. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I've never done a lot of the things that I'll stand in the gap and repent for, for what we did. But sometimes when you get someone's story or you just know, you know, mm-hmm. <clears throat> what, and you stand in the gap, it is powerful because. It's so good because what it can do for the offense that somebody's holding. Mm-hmm. So many people, they leave a church and they go from church to church to church, not realizing that it all started back with this one and yep. they have this hurt they never dealt with and they're putting it on. Now they're seeing everything through that lens. Yeah. So, so even if give, something, yep. Then they can stop seeing it all through that lens. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It affects people in their marriage. You can't really ever love your husband completely mm-hmm. if you see him through that old lens, you know, and, or vice versa. You can't ever, you know, when you see. And yeah. the thing is, like, uh, because I'm so aware of it, like recently, um, I- I've seen one that I'm like going, there, anytime that's a generality, and like he, he called me out on it. And, and, but I'm like, if I hear another female counselor, say that a man is a narcissist i am just like and i'm like it's and so he's like so you're generalizing like like i don't know that the words actually came out but like every female counselor thinks every man is a narcissist why because they haven't been healed yet you know and i'm like well i might be seeing something i might be seeing something but but it's at the same time i'm like going okay don't let that become my judgment and my defilement where i see a female counselor and right. i go she needs healing <laughs> you know and uh and um you know but it's like like so we 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 pick those things up more than we realize mm-hmm. you know and the whole narcissist thing is i was saying it's so overused and and the bad part about it is it's treated as if it's <clears throat> un curable curable yep same with and actually i want to say that it's like i big part of what i you know you have to go through is forgiving and being able to see that the people who do these things they had it done to them yes they, they were programmed to do this this is yes. all they know they're not pure evil it's not yeah. they're not the ones really abusing yeah. you just like yeah. it, you know when you feel shame it's not really your shame it's the enemy's shame it's yeah. not they're not the ones doing this it's the enemy doing it yeah and um it, it when you can see that it's easier to forgive them and you know, so today also the worst people are, you know, pedophiles or, and everybody thinks there's no hope. And that's another big passion. I'm like, that's just not true. It's not true. Some of my team members have the horrific experience with being abused by men when they were mm-hmm. kids. And then we're ministering to someone and part of the story comes out and it's amazing. Like, some of the things that you, God just set up, like one day we were dealing with someone who was a ministry leader who molested children, and and I'm leading, but my second chair, that's a very fresh part of their story, and and it was their own 
children that had molested. And she gets a text while we're there. Big breakthrough today. I was able to forgive this person. And so she she is like almost in tears herself. And she's like, I got to tell you this. I've been sitting here and it's tough because here's what happened. But But my daughter was able to forgive. And this person was very repentant. Um, and, and hate it, but it was like, may never see his grandkids again. And, you know, shamed at a national international level because he was that high of a figure. And, um, and, uh, here she is the minister going, I forgive, mm-hmm. you know, you, so and, bad. and it was just like, and you can't create a moment like that. You can't make full circle. Yeah. Yeah. And, and healing for her to, to see a person Who's like, and and we got to some of his story mm-hmm. that was unimaginable, unbelievable, and and it doesn't make okay what no. happened, but you're like, oh wow, it's amazing that you did as little as you did <laughs> for all that you have endured, you know, and mm-hmm. so it's just, yeah, mm-hmm. and it's, yeah, I am. Um, there's a documentary i just recently was i watched a little bit of because somebody posted about it on facebook and i was like oh let me see and it it's um it's the shiny happy people about josh mm-hmm. duggard and um, oh wow ati bill Gothard. Yeah. bill gothard bill gothard thank yeah, you yeah, yeah. bill okay. gothard and how he basically he's who's behind jim bob and michelle yeah, the yeah, duggars yeah. and all of that and yeah. how why they are the way they are <clears throat> And some of what, you know, I'm watching it and, and hearing it, and it, it's, you know, very similar, like, stuff, just yeah. more, anyway, just a little bit cleaner in a way, like, it doesn't mm-hmm. look quite the same, yeah. but still, it's abuse, all this abuse there, and yet, as I'm listening to these people doing this documentary, they're just berating Christians and homeschoolers and people who homeschooled and they're all like this and wow. this is what happens when wow. you do this and and i thought you know no it's te- people are getting tempted by the enemy and they're instead of they're leaning on themselves they don't understand how you can't fight it on your own it's got to be mm. you got to be led by the spirit you got to do mm. this spiritually yeah it, it's a spiritual battle people don't understand and they're they're calling him a monster and I'm like, no, he's demonized. Like, he's dealing with a yeah. demonic yeah. issue yeah. that if it had been dealt, handled properly, yep. wouldn't have come. You know, if he could have even come with, hey, I'm struggling with this. Yeah. But because it was so shamed to have yeah. any kind of, like, yeah. for women to wear pants with, you know, I mean, are, you must be familiar with Bill Gothard. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah if yeah. you wear pants, you're going to be raped. If you wear a shirt that's <clears> v-neck, <throat> you're going to be raped. If you, you know, do this, it was all you're going to be raped and when you... Knowing what we know, like, oh, you are dealing with some sort of spirit perversion or something here. Because why would you be that focused on all that? Yeah. It it is weird, too, because I know that some of their teaching stuff, I never got into it, but even my parents, they were being influenced by by these huge conferences they were doing, you know, and getting rid of rock music and blah, 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 different things. (laughs) That's the only thing I remember is... The parents would come home from there and want to get rid of everybody's rock music. Now, I happen to be the kid that only wanted to listen to godly stuff anyways. Well, even Christian rock was bad with him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If it yeah. had a beat, it was bad. It was from the devil. Yeah. No drums. And um, and my parents 
didn't buy everything that he was selling, didn't drink the Kool-Aid. So, I, you know, I, it never Praise negatively God. impacted me. And I had kind of a positive mm-hmm. outlook on it, you know, because it just didn't affect me. But I knew my friends hated it because they had to get rid of music or, their, you know, it created well, friction in their home. they all had to wear dresses and wear, you know, it got... I, I didn't even know about it. that, but I, I do now. I, I, I know a, a lot about it now. But the interesting is some of their content very, would be a lot of truth and and mm-hmm. and and showed a level of awareness of even deliverance kind of stuff oh yeah saying that the, and satan is <clears throat> tempting you with this satan is yes, yes well there was some of it was pretty high level which is interesting because i was sitting in a it wasn't a catholic episcopal church one time thumbing through like one of the prayer guides i think it was episcopal and i'm like <gasps> whoever wrote this understood deliverance now that doesn't mean that anybody that has read this in one of their prayer times understood anything right and i right wonder right. how it would be understood for someone but whoever wrote this understood something mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and like one, one of the things that is it's tough because we we deal with a lot of people that are um coming out of human trafficking coming out of satanic ritual abuse and one of the things that was so disturbing to me and i don't know why i'm surprised but it was organizations that supposedly fight human trafficking that are satanic organizations or p- individuals that if they're not satanic they lie through their teeth and and it's a smoke screen but they look so good you know i i it's actually one of the saddest <clears throat> things and and i'll i'll just be really transparent here and you probably got this because i said a little bit i i hinted a little bit i had to make sure um, i said to john have you ever met richard Moore, you know personally? <laughs> like and he's like no i know i'm on facebook and he, he knew yeah, yeah, yeah. With this and he's oh, like but he goes i, I hate that i went to but your, you're right on well, check people out. I'm sorry. There's a lot of people. There are people who are, like they haven't told their whole stories. When I said I haven't heard their story, but I know that they've been through this. They've had experiences where the person ministering to them further abused them and uh, further abused and them. Said was into programming. Uh, oh yeah, gosh, um, all some kind of, of stuff. Like, well, if you want this demon to come out, then you have to do. You know, if you want to get over this issue, then you need to perform this sexual act. <sighs> I've only seen that one one time, but it was like, oh man, like uh, this girl showed up from multiple people. Yeah. This girl showed up for, for ministry and it was like the walls were bigger than normal. And I was, and, and, uh, and we set aside a day and she tried to control everything from the beginning. And and when I stood in the gap and repented, she, it was probably one of the hardest, coldest I'd witnessed. And I was like, okay, what's going on? She goes, the last guy that I was getting ministry from did that and then molested me. And I was, I was like, just give me an address and get out of my way. I want to go. So, so why did, why did you trust him? (laughs) (laughs) Well, first I had to talk to him because I was like, I need to talk to you. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, yeah. (laughs) And then, um, I, then I go on Facebook and I'm like, who's mutual friends? <laughs> and I see Cynthia and I'm like, ah, oh, perfect. So I go and I was like, Cynthia, is he okay? <laughs> yes. <laughs> that was, she was my, she was my test. Went knowing oh, okay. her saying yes, because yeah. she's seen this stuff. Yeah. But also then John just told me the other day that you're also friends with Misty Stinson. Yeah. yeah. So I'm like, oh, okay, we're good. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. so yeah, we, that, 
you know, like people that I really know and trust, yeah. know and trust you. I, I reached out to Misty at the beginning of the year because it was one of the. I, I'm I'm usually pretty strong and love everything about life, but I was I hit a wall. I was I was sucking wind at the beginning of the year, and I was like, who? What I ask, and I got a great team here, but you know, it's like we all live together. So I'm like, I want to just like get a fresh perspective. So Misty was the person I was like, Misty, because I, I know people all over the nation, mm-hmm. and she's the one I picked. I was like, ah, oh. like, and it was, it's funny because I tell it, I was like, she's going to minister to my heart. And mm-hmm. no, she's just prophetic. And she's telling me I have to go to North Carolina for two hours. And it what? was like, it was powerful. It was that's amazing. Funny, though, but it was not what I, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And, and that's why I picked her. I was like, this is not what I signed up for. <laughs> <laughs> but it was, it was huge. It was a great, so in my first two podcasts, I talk about my North well, Carolina actually, trip. After I talked to you on the phone, I made a Facebook post where I said, you ever feel like you've been set up by God? <laughs> 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 so I realized like this was a bigger yeah, so yeah, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. Just, uh, so do you have a book coming out? Yeah. <laughs> oh, <what's, laughs> supposed to. Yeah. That is a prophetic. I have helped people with that. How many chapters yeah, have I you written? I do need help with that. How many chapters have you written? Zero? You can know just a audio. I, what I've book. realized and I think I need to do is just take like memory, like different pieces yeah. and just write them yeah. Yeah. out. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about this after. The play. <laughs> He's ready to start telling you how to yeah. help write your book. Well, so. and I actually I do have a name for it. And so when you can, what is the name of your book again? Which one? Restoring, Restoring joy? joy. Yeah, because the name the Lord gave me was Unlocking Joy. Oh. Cool. Well, it's a so per- it's sort of joy is a words joy. That's my name. Yep. And God unlocked me. Joy <laughs> is a person, and so restoring yeah. joy is about restoring. Have you read any oh, of okay. his books? Yeah. Oh, so you yeah. know another joy. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So, no, I haven't read it. Okay, well, well, we'll give you some books before you leave. Wonderful. Well, would you close us in prayer for people who are listening, people who are at all stages of the journey you've gone through or listening and just pray that God will be with them. He'll speak with them. He'll encourage them. And, sure. Yeah. So, Lord, we just lift up the people who are listening right now. Anybody mm. who's been, um, whose heart's been pricked or triggered or um, by the this by the testimonies, by the things that we've shared here, that, Lord, you just touch them and let them know that you're near, that you're right there with them, that you have promised that you would never leave them or forsake them, and that they can trust that promise, that you are real and you can be trusted, and that you would just chase them down with their healing and their deliverance. You know, my favorite Mm. parable is when you leave the 99 for the one, and you do that all the time. And I just pray, Lord, that right now you would Mm. leave the 99 go rescue that one, that one yes, that is on your heart, the one that's in your sights, Lord, that you would just go after them and rescue mm-hmm. them and um, heal their heart, put all those pieces back together, that you would show them all those broken pieces and how you have them in your hands and yes, you've never Lord. let any of it go and that no part of them is lost, that you have every single part mm-hmm. and every part will be put back into place just as it should go. Mm. And that you love them, even if they don't believe it right now. Thank you, Lord. Now, Father, I pray that even the um, people that are listening, that this story may not be impacting them as much, but they have people in their heart, in their mind, that they're like, oh, I wonder if that's what so-and-so needs. Lord, I pray that you would just highlight people to them that do need to hear about joy and who need joy, God, and um, 
Lord, that that God that 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 you would spread this to the exact ones that need, Lord, those that have been a part of religious systems that were so messed up that it's always been confusing to them who have only a religious knowledge of you and it's and it's from a really from screwed up people that were doing evil. God, and I pray, Lord, that that this would begin to to open up the ones that need healing, that need freedom, that need truth. And that you'd even minister to them. I pray that there would be an anointing for ministry, for breakthrough. Mm. Just like in Joy's story, when, when it was a vision of you putting those broken pieces. Lord, more people than we can touch individually, Lord, may they be impacted. And you begin the process of healing. May you put the broken hearts back together in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for coming on our yes. podcast. And everybody yeah. like, comment, and share on this podcast and look for Unlocking Joy coming 2024. <laughs> <laughs>